Hello, hello, and welcome back to Under Further Review. We've got a really good episode for you today. I know we took a week off last week with our relationship series, but we're back in it today. Have another new guest for you. Another fun, interesting topic. Really looking forward to it. A lot of good stuff that came out of it. Really excited to bring it to you guys. Before we get there, if you haven't already, make sure that you're subscribed to us on social media, on Instagram at UFR underscore Boise, and on Twitter at Under Further Rev. That's where we post about whenever one of our podcasts goes live. So you want to make sure that you are subscribed and that you're following so that you can get notified whenever we have a podcast coming out. As well, here in the near future, we're going to be doing a UFR mailbag. So if you've got any questions for UFR, any things you want us to talk about, shoot us a message and we're, we're going to unleash that all in one large, action-packed, fun podcast. But today, we've got the continuation of our relationship series. Part three, it's going to be really good. But before we get there, let's play that music. Welcome back. So excited to bring this podcast to you. We've been loving this relationship series. Last week, we kind of had to take a week off from it because some of uh, some ki- some time constraints, you could say, with with all that was going on with with uh, with finals. finals with finals. Yeah, sorry, I am I am a, in a rush. Just got here. Spent the last hour and a half playing games with uh, some junior high kids for, at our at our youth. It was a lot of fun. Played some volleyball. Rob Ash was cheating. He's a he's a big old cheating bugger, but we love him. But anyways, let's get into relationships today. We're kind of following up what we talked about two weeks ago, right? Two weeks ago, we talked about flirting, particularly kind of the guys on girls part of it. The advice to guys, how do you go about, you know, those first initial interactions? How do you go about the first date, first talking to somebody? This week, we're kind of doing the guys on girls side of dating. The guys on girls side of dating, as in, you know, once you're dating, what are tips for a guy that you can do to maintain a happy relationship? What do you typically look for in a relationship as a guy? Those types of things. Uh, as With me, as always, got our co-host and producer, Tyler. How are you doing, Tyler? It's very nice outside. It is beautiful outside. That's why we're out playing volleyball. And with me on my left here, first-time guest, Brad Walden. How are you doing, Brad? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Doing fantastic, man. Excited to work. talk about this. Uh, gave, gave Brad a call about 15 minutes ago and said, hey, you should come on the podcast. And he was like, all right, cool. And so here we are. Brad's on the podcast. Looking forward to it. Going to be a good discussion. Talking about dating. Let's just start here. We, we left off two weeks ago, the last part of our relationship series, on those first dates and once you're kind of consistently going on dates with a girl. We, what we didn't touch on was taking that next step, you know, bridging that gap from seeing someone to dating somebody. And I think the biggest question a lot of people have with that is just the timing of, okay, we've been seeing each other going on dates for X amount of time. When do I know it's right to pop the question, so to speak, and be like, hey, will you be my girlfriend? Do you guys have any strong thoughts or opinions? I know, Tyler, you're in a relationship now. When did that question start to creep into your mind? And when did you ask it? And I don't know, Brad, if it, in your experience, when, when do you best find the time to ask is? For me, it, it was kind of natural, I guess. It just, I don't know, it didn't feel like I hit a certain point. Um, we had just been hanging out a lot over the course of a month and a half. Month and a half, Roughly. Okay. Um, maybe a, a little less than that. Maybe a little more than that. Not quite sure exactly. But we'll call it a month it, and a half. We'll call it a month weeks, and a half. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. Just one weekend. I actually, she, she a- actually asked me. Oh. I didn't ask her. Oh. So I guess I never got the confidence to just ask the question, even though we were basically dating before then. I right. mean, nothing really changed from the time that we weren't dating and hanging out to the time that we were dating. Okay. Um, and was it like a confidence thing or was it just because I know in the past there was uh, my last relationship I was in. I technically didn't ask her out. We were hanging out and she essentially had said like, oh, 
we need to have like a little group chat with all of the girlfriends in the house because at the time there were three, you know, three guys other than me and all of you guys had girlfriends. And I said, wait, did you just call yourself my girlfriend? She was like, I, I, I guess I, yeah, but I, I didn't like mean to, I don't know. And I was like, yeah, like, will you be my girlfriend? Like that works. But like for me at that point, I hadn't asked her out. Not because I was like, Oh, Oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not, sure she'll say i was just not even thinking about it at that point i was just like yeah we're just hanging out and i was like oh i guess we should date yeah i mean that's i i think people make it out to be a big event like oh like we went on top of a hill and we were watching the stars and i reached over and put my arm around her and then i asked if she would be my girlfriend or something like that and yeah i don't know maybe your and i experience with that is is abnormal maybe it is a big event typically but it just kind of came on naturally we just kind of eased into it and i mean granted we saw each other every day because we lived next to each other right so which is so wild about college I yeah mean, it it just kind of it you just start living on in the same dorm and it's like you literally see each other every day brad what about you what are your experiences of of when you actually become official with a girl and how that experience goes for you I really don't think there's a good way to measure it. I mean, every girl is very different, and there's different time periods for starting different things and moving on in different time periods. Uh, personally, all of mine have been very different. My first girlfriend, we dated a year and a month after being friends with benefits for about a month and a half. <laughs> all right. Um, so it's it's just a level of comfort that you find with a person before you're ready to take certain steps. And then, honestly, when you know, you know, as cliche as that sounds, it's I mean, it's, it's true. It's cliche yeah. because people say it a lot. Right. Know, yeah. Cause it's because it's, it's truth. Right. Yeah. Like, I I definitely feel that. I feel like, you know, I had I had a situation recently where we kind of got forced into the whole titles thing, the whole labels, and it was like we were just hanging out, and I wasn't super ready to like put a label on it, but she was kind of pushing it, and so then we pushed the label, and then changed our minds, and like, it was all really messy. And I think the biggest thing I took away from that is just like like you said when you know, you'll know, right? Like it'll just feel very natural. And you know, like my last real relationship I was in when she said that it wasn't like some big thing that I sat there and was contemplating. I was just, I felt very normal about it. I was like, yeah, like that makes sense. Like we've, we've been hanging out. Like we've been going on dates. Like, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Let's date. Let's put a, let's put the label on it. And I think that's, that's another point I want to talk about is just the, the labels of it all. Where do you guys stand on that? Because I think so many people get scared by the label. They, they think that there's different expectations that come with being boyfriend, girlfriend, as opposed to, you know, just hanging out a, a thing, friends with benefits, whatever that label that you put on it is. How do you guys handle that process of going from not labeled to labeled? And I, I guess just, you know, even touching in, reaching it back a little bit into what we talked about last week, going through that stage of like, we've like hung out a couple times too. We're consistently seeing each other. How do you kind of manage those waters with, with the relationships that you've been in? I think the label, as far, as far as the label goes, people might be kind of scared of the, with a label kind of brings like this commitment and right. it's, it's scary, I guess, to jump into that and be like, Oh, like I'm actually like, I'm in a relationship now. Like it, me and her like it's exclusive and we have to since we're in a, a relationship we have to try and make it work as long as possible yeah i think that's something that comes along with labels like nobody wants to get into a relationship and then oh we were dating a week or two weeks and we're it's, not it's anymore. embarrassing it's, weird. it's, it's a, yeah. yeah it's like it's oh like why are you why did you put a label on it if if you didn't think it was gonna work you yeah, know, like for I, any I, amount of time. Right, exactly. And I, I yeah, I, I 100% agree. And like I've been there, right? Like you, you know, you get into that relationship and you have a label on it and you might tell some people and then all of a sudden, like a week later, it's like, oh, by the way, yeah, that's not like a thing anymore. And you'll see someone, they'll be like, oh my gosh, you and X, like, I can't believe like you two are together. That's so exciting. And you're like, yeah, that ended as quick yeah. as it started. <laughs> like, it's just a very awkward and embarrassing conversation. Brad, how about you? How have you kind of managed the whole label process through through your life to this point? Uh, that's a tough one. It's been <laughs> it's been all over the place. I haven't figured out how to quite do it yet. Um, still working on it, but that's what life's for, right? Um, that's right. Yeah, we, we no one has it figured out. Mm -hmm. So 
the when I've been most successful, it's definitely been I've I've slapped a label on on who we were after it was already there for a while. Right. So it was almost like it wasn't changing anything. I think yeah. the label, if you're not ready for it, can change things. But if it's going to, that used to be a hard pass right away. Interesting. I I, I like that thought a lot too. I want to say one more thing. Yeah, uh, as far it. as labels go, I think the label means something different after you've been dating for a long time than it does right away. Interesting. Um, okay. Like, Lane and I have been dating for two and a half years. I just feel like it it has a different meaning now. It's more, it's more like, strong. It's more of, like, a stronger connection now yeah. when it's like, oh, like, Lane's my girlfriend. Like, I, I care for her, for her. And versus when it first started, it wasn't, there wasn't as deep of a connection. And I think that just, you know, that's two and a half years of growing to know someone, right? Yeah. So you, you get such a, a deeper understanding of, of who, who they are that, that that label just starts to mean so much more. It starts to become part of your identity, almost, yeah. right? Like, I, I even know for me, like, if you go look at my Instagram, you can see all the all the women that I've dated in my past. I mean, you mostly I I never delete it just because I really don't care that much. But like, it becomes a part of your identity and it becomes a part of who you are, right? When you are first dating somebody, like you might be a month into the relationship and your best friend or your mom might not know you're dating them. But after you've dated someone for you know, in your case, once you've hit honestly about six months, nine months, somewhere in that range, probably it becomes part of your identity. Like people will address you like, oh, you're Lane's boyfriend, you're and, Nathan's girlfriend, right? And that's also around about around the time when you kind of start to meet like their family, right? Yeah. I mean, you've been dating for six months, and it, something, you know, an event comes along where it's like, oh, you have this opportunity to meet my parents, or you know, just one of my parents, or my grandpa, or, or something like that. Um, and then you just kind of build. You just build. As time goes, it builds, right? Yeah, and you start like, to get integrated in their lives. Yeah, like Brad said, with the label, right at the beginning, not a whole lot changes. It's just like, oh, we were hanging out, we were basically dating, and now we're dating officially just with a label. But we're doing the same stuff. But we're doing the same stuff. Yeah. But now, two and a half years later, it just feels a little different than that. Like, it doesn't. it doesn't feel... It doesn't feel like that new spark, right? It, it doesn't feel like, oh, nothing's really changed. It's like, it, it's so much of who you are. Yeah, And yeah. you're so integrated into their life. Like, you know, that's one thing we were talking about with with our roommate, Benton. He's been with his girlfriend for four years, something like that? Four, five years, four or five years, I think. Four or five years, like a long time since before he came to college. And we were just talking about it, and he's like, yeah, like, you know, she'll text my sister sometimes and like I'm really close with her, you know, aunt or something. Like you're they start to become a part of your family. They re like they really do. And I mean, I guess that's why marriage is what it is. Like you're bringing someone into your family and when you get into that late stages of dating, that's really what it is. Is kind of you've figured out you figured out like okay, is this person for me? Like are we a good match? And then you start to figure out is this person a good match for my family and my culture and everything else I've got going on in my life? Are they going to fit into all of that? And I think that, I think that's, yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting point of just like the more that you're dating someone, the more things are going to change and the more that label really means. And I, I think that's why you kind of have that secondary label. Like, Oh, are you serious? Right? Like somebody asks, Oh, do you have a girlfriend? And you're like, yeah, I have a girlfriend. And it's the next question is, is it serious? Yeah. Right. And if you've been, Dating for, I don't know where that mark starts. Maybe for some people it's six months or whatever. But I would hope if you're two and a half years down the road, it's a pretty serious relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah. I think just that secondary label, like it just adds so much. Like you tell someone that, yeah, it's a serious relationship. And they kind of have, they get it in their head that it's like, okay, you know, they've met each other's family and they're really kind of becoming a part of each other. Yeah. Absolutely. And I do want to just touch on that. This series is all about re relationships, the stages and parts of relationships. That term serious, right? Because it is such a, a vivid thing that we do talk about, right? Like 
you say, are you in a relationship? And it's usually yes, no, or eh, somewhere in between. And the somewhere in between is where the conversation gets fun. But if you say yes, the next question, like you said, always is, is it serious? What does serious mean to you guys? At what point do you feel like that relationship becomes like, yeah, it's serious between us? I don't know. Brad, Brad, what are your thoughts? Where have you had experience with this? Personally, I've had it once where uh, I knew I was serious because I saw color at the end of the tunnel. Whereas after me and the girl I dated for a year and a uh, month broke up, almost like that gray cloud just kind of sunk back over because there's so many pathways I could take now that I'm single. Whereas before there was one path and might, it might get skewed along the way, but I had a goal and we knew where we were going. And there's something about seeing the light at the end of the tunnel just gives you a goal to strive towards. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know that's where I was going to go with it. It's just like, for me, that point when I realized I was serious with my last girlfriend was when I, I was starting to picture myself like, okay, like I could see myself or not even that, that I could see myself marrying her, but just you started to think about it, right? Like when you're in the very early stages of the relationship, it's all about like, oh, are her friends going to like me? Like I can't annoy her too much. Like, you know, playing all the little games that are a part of it. But once you become so comfortable with each other, and it's really that point where like you guys start to say like, I love you. Like I remember we were sitting there and we were talking. Uh, I was at my sister's wedding and her, her, she was at a wedding back home in her hometown. And we called each other. We were FaceTiming each other. And it was just like in that moment, everything was like so natural. And it, I remember very vividly, it was just like, okay, like we've moved from like that first phase of dating to really just being comfortable and becoming like serious, so to speak. I don't know, Tyler, when did you and Lane, did you feel like you became serious? Or, you know, if it were a arbitrary relationship, where would you feel like it became serious? I would say the, the point I knew, the point at which I knew it was going to become serious was... We'd probably been dating for three months. Okay. Um, and then I kind of started to get that feeling like, yeah, this is this is pretty pretty serious. Um, and then after that, I guess I ended up meeting her dad. And then summer came and I ended up driving out there. And I mean, by that time, I knew it was serious. Right. Like I knew I knew that it was a serious relationship if I was willing to like drive out to see her and surprise her and like talk to her dad so that I could surprise her. I was like, yeah, this is this is a pretty serious thing, right? Right. Um it wasn't till that trip that we exchanged I love you's. So I guess if you're going based off of that, we had been dating 6 months. Okay. Um but but you had felt like it was serious even before the first I yeah. Love came out. Yeah. Interesting. And I, I know that that's something that I've always kind of struggled with is like the timing of when you tell someone you love them. And it's really something that should be so simple of like, oh, I am so intimately like it. Like you should just know. But I think there's a lot of expectations that come with it. You might feel it after one week, but you can't say it after one week or it may be four months and you feel like you're supposed to say it, but you don't feel anything. Is that something you guys have struggled with at all? Is kind of the timing on when to, when to pull out that first, I love you. The big, the big three words, the, the illies. I have never, I had never thought about it prior to my relationship with Lane. Like I never thought that that would be an issue, like having to think about that. But then definitely once I started dating Lane, I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know when when's the right time to to pop the words, right? Like it's just and it is just a feeling I feel like, but yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how else do you, to So do you remember the very first time you told her that you loved her? She told me that she loved me first. And did you say it back? Yeah. Okay. It I'm, was on a ferry. Okay. Brad, what about you? Is that something Do you remember the, in that last relationship you were in the first time you told her you loved her? Do you remember that that moment because i yeah, yeah this one this one was a little rough oh, i boy. i told her i loved her and she was just like okay that's awesome and i was like not sure what to do because i had never <laughs> had that before it's always been reciprocated right so um i was like not sure if i should just respect where she was going with it and just play it cool because i didn't want to come off as a jerk to her like right i mean we're literally laying in bed together and whatnot like it was a thing but she comes back it's like yeah I'm just not there yet. It's cool that you are, but I'm not. 
and that was kind of a weird point for me. I didn't know how to react to that. Do I continue with this? Do I let her get there? Oh, and wow. so that was a whole nother timing scale that I had to try to that, fix. That's interesting because maybe that was part of it is you don't like that would just that'd be devastating. Like I, I could feel I feel like that just I could feel hurt, in that moment right? just like it'd be just crushing kind of a little bit. Especially like and just quit quickly. Did you guys feel nervous when you told your significant others that that you loved them? For the first time, yes. For the first time you yeah. you kind of get that yeah. nervous, right? A little bit. So you get that nervousness and you finally build it up and you're like, I love you and they're just like, All right, that's cool. I'm not, I don't love you. Like that is, I can imagine you just get all of this emotion going. You get these butterflies in your stomach is about to say it. And finally, like the feelings of love are so overwhelming that it just bursts out of you and you lay yourself out there and you just get spanked. It's yeah, just that, like, nah. <laughs> that would be rough because you want, you want it to be reciprocated. And so I, you kind of have to sit there and wait and kind of judge them and, hope you know you're kind of looking for like okay she did this so maybe she loves me maybe yeah. maybe i can say yeah. it now and it'll be reciprocated it's <laughs> definitely a dangerous game to play i mean <laughs> it, had she said i love you back that would have been amazing right like no better feeling than that but what they say about life is anything that's great is equally that bad and everything that's bad is equally that great that's the way it works Ooh. the yin and the yang of life so Dang. it's just knowing what you're going into and knowing the possible consequences and coming out strong in the end if things don't work out. Did she eventually say I love you? No. Wow. I didn't know that. So at no point in the relationship, was that feeling reciprocated? It was reciprocated, but not at a level that I was currently at. I had gotten there a lot faster and, um, oh, that next word's not important, but yeah, I'd gotten there faster and she just, was kind of trying, but just letting her do her own thing, letting yeah. herself do her own thing. And, and, and I think it brings up kind of an interesting question. Do you feel like if that situation happens to you, is, is that a red flag? Is that a, wow, maybe things aren't like meant to work between us because I have these such incredible feelings and she doesn't? Do you feel like looking back that that should have been a red flag or do you think it's something that you can overcome in a relationship without much issue? I think definitely both. It just depends on what your certain outlook is for the give the given time like right now probably yes that'd be a red flag back then definitely not it was something i was willing to work for and willing to let her get to right so that it could work because i really was excited about the relationship yeah that's good i don't know tyler do you feel like that'd be because I, I think ah that would be hard i don't know that it would just be such a crushing blow i feel like yeah but you could maybe you know it's it's i guess it's similar to Maybe asking somebody out and getting rejected. I guess, yeah. Um, but I feel that it's worse than that because you're dating. Right. Like, if so you get you, rejected, you just move on. Yeah. But, but like, if you're, you're dating. With them, I feel like for me, having been in the relationships I've been in, I feel like that would be a red flag to me. Just because I know where I've been at with relationships, I was often just in a different place than the person I was with, just in terms of. You know, my preparedness for wanting something more serious, my, you know, my oftentimes I felt like I've given more love than I've gotten back, if that makes sense. Like I've just been more invested into the relationship. And even those things looking back, I've realized like, okay, I need to make sure that these things line up. And I feel like that that would have been, I feel like if that ever happens to me now, like after talking about it with you guys and like imagining and like empathizing with that situation, I'd be like, dang, man. I gotta get out of this relationship because <laughs> I'm not doing. I'm not going through this again. <laughs> I feel like I would always err on the side of extreme patience. Like I'll just sit there and wait. Yeah. I mean, it happened, right? <laughs> I mean, Lane asked, you know, asked me if if we could be boyfriend and girlfriend. Like she's the one who told me that she loved me first. Pretty much just because I was just so concerned of that situation happening that I just aired on the side of patience and eventually i guess if you wait long enough they'll do it first and you don't have to worry about it yeah seriously <laughs> that's so that's so interesting and i i think oftentimes i've i've started to take on a similar boat as you of just being uber patient in those moments of just like a lot of times i don't even think about it like i i noticed that in my last relationship 
with with my with my now ex in my last relationship, I don't remember the first time we said I love you. I, I don't because it was something that I think we had both kind of said it in passing a couple of times and that it turned into from like, oh, she left, you know, she was hanging out at our house and she was like, all right, love you, Tyler. Love you, Nathan. To like, we were just like intimately telling each other we loved each other. There's just such a, I don't know. It's such, it's such a weird thing because it was just, we reached a point where we were connected like that and I don't think either of us really realized it. There wasn't just like one moment of it was like, oh, I love this person, right? It just kind of slowly built into that. But yeah, I, I don't think I can imagine laying myself out there. And that's it's so different because it's someone you love, right? We we talked about rejection last week. Rejection's so easy to overcome because it's like, okay, I'm awesome. If she doesn't want to be with me, that's her loss. And, you know, it sounds arrogant, but that's the mindset that we have to have. But like, what do you do if someone you're with is like, I don't love you, even though you love me? Like that's, well, and that's just one of the hurdles, right? Like, we have the I love you thing, but then eventually, eventually you're gonna want to ask someone to marry you. Oh man! And that's a whole nother point where you could, you know, get rejected. And I feel like you can't err on the side of patience in that one. No, you don't want to be the person that waits so long that the the girl has to ask you if you know you want to marry her. Or yeah, I can't. I, like, which I, I mean, people do that. Not to not to say that that's bad. That the girl right. asks the guy, but for me personally, like when I get to that point in my life, I very much want to be the person who like right. gets down on the knee and has that moment. Yeah, right? you you want to ask you want to ask your your future fiance to marry you. I think I'm in the same boat. Brad, are you in the same boat there? You want to be the one who asks her, or do you not care? I definitely want to be the one that asks her. Yeah, and for I want sure. her to take my last name, all the traditional stuff. Oh, for sure. I think yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Like you know, there's something is kind of the entire idea of marriage is based upon just like traditional values. It really is like if the way I look at it is like, okay, if you're not, you know, if you want to be the one who asks me and if you don't want to take my last name, like why are we getting married? Because the entire idea of marriage is just built upon those kind of values and those kind of things. Um, that being said, this isn't, this isn't our podcast on marriage. We'll get there. True. We'll bring in people who are actually married to talk on that one. Cause <laughs> this is all conjecture. We don't have point. any experience with that. We have zero experience with that at all. But last podcast, we, t- we gave a little bit of advice to listeners on just, uh, steps to go through, particularly with like first dates. And I, I wanted to be able to do that in this one as well. What are some things that you have found work really well in a relationship that, have allowed you to be the happiest and have allowed you to be the best version of yourself while also, you know, maintaining that strong connection with, with that person that you're with. What, what, what works for you guys? The one thing, the one thing I told Lane when we first started dating was if there's ever anything that is wrong to like, tell me. Yeah. Communication is easily, in my opinion, the most important thing in a relationship. 100%. Because anything little that happens, if you don't bring it up and you just sit on that and then like more little things start to happen, then eventually it just kind of, it all blows up in your face at the most random time. And nobody wants that, right? Yeah. It, it creates this unnecessary tension and could lead to, you know, a fight or whatever, which is could have been avoided if there was just good communication throughout. Yeah. And I mean that that would be my advice I guess is try your hardest to make communication like the top priority. Yeah, absolutely. Because no matter how it's going to be easier to feel uncomfortable talking about it at the time that it is relevant. Right. It's going to be uncomfortable but it's going to alleviate so much pressure versus letting it build up and all come out at once. Right. It's easier to climb a hill than climb a mountain. Yeah. Right? Like if, if you attack it early, it's just a little hill that you'll a little blip in the road that you won't remember in two years. But if you let it sit and fester, it becomes a mountain and everything boils over into something so much bigger. Exactly. I'm a hundred percent with you. I think without a doubt, the most important part of a relationship is communication. Everything's built on communication. I've always felt that that love and trust, you know, that care for one another, the empathy, it's all built on being able to effectively communicate your thoughts and feelings. Uh, Brad, what about you? What's some advice? What's some things that have worked for you and your relationships that, that helped you be happy in the interim? Personally, I'm a jealous type, so I've had to 
overcome that with all my relationships. And I don't think any of my previous partners would have said that I was a jealous type at all. Um, but I'm just very aware that it exists and that it doesn't need to because um, I can trust that person. And if I end up finding out that I shouldn't, that's my burden to bear. But I walked into that trap going in. So yeah. it's all just kind of being aware of that, like I said earlier. Yeah, I, I, I like that. Just being self-aware within a relationship. And I think that's, that's something that I lost sight of. And that's part of why my last relationship didn't work out is because I lost that self-awareness. I lost that sense of, of who I was and, you know, I, I guess just uh, who, who I wanted to be and me losing that, you know, for kind of drove apart us in the relationship. So I really like that. I think that's good. Just be self-aware. I think another thing, too, is trying to stay. You have your idea of where you want your life to go. And it's important that once you kind of reach that serious phase, I feel you kind of have to start getting those answers from whoever you're with. Like, yeah. what do you, what is your life plan look like? Right? Like obviously things change and it's not going to be exactly how we want it, but is it close enough to where we can fit together? Yeah. Right? Like am, is us together still going to allow both of us to achieve what we want to achieve throughout our lifetime. Yeah. And that's that comes back down to communication too because I'm sure there's people out there that don't really ever bring those questions up. Yeah. And they end up getting married and then they're forced to deal with that there when right. had those been brought up while they were dating, maybe they wouldn't have ended up getting married, right? Yeah. Um and and so it it all boils back down to uh communication, I guess, but just know what you want or have a have an idea of kind of some goals some life goals that you have and try and have a conversation that allows you to exchange that those goals with one another and yeah. and then in your free time you just kind of have that time to think about wow you know like do we can we fit together in the future like it, can i see this happening long term to where we both get kind of what we're shooting for and i think that builds into the advice i was ultimately going to give was being selfless right i think so often it's easy to be selfish in a relationship we talked about this uh in our last episode too it's so easy to say okay what does this person bring to me what value do they bring me but i think it's really important to be selfless and i think in a situation like that oftentimes if, if you want to be able to go on the same path together, very rarely are you both going to get 100% of what you want. And so you need to be able to make sacrifices. You need to be able to say, okay, is this person going to sacrifice what they want if it includes me in their future? And am I willing to sacrifice what I want if it includes them in my future? I think that's something that a lot of people expect others to sacrifice for their future, but they wouldn't make that same sacrifice. And I think you know, you talked about it. It's it's being self-aware of what you want and who you want to become. It's being able to communicate with that person, but ultimately being able to, to look at yourself and say, okay, I have th these plans. She has these plans. We're going to both be able to grow towards and build those things together. But if it comes to a situation where one of us makes a move or something happens, am I willing to sacrifice my future for them, right? Like, let's say it was, uh, you know, your girlfriend wants to be an actress, and so you two have been together for a few years and she gets a, an acting gig, gig and it's in L.A. Are you willing to sacrifice you and where you're at to move to L.A. to be with that person, right? I think that's something a lot of people don't think about. I think it's something that a lot of people just, they, they just overlook it and they think it's not going to come up. But I think that's why so many relationships don't work out is because they get, like you said, they get married and you're going to have to make those moves at some point. You're going to have to sacrifice at some point. I think even in the relationships we've been in, we've had to sacrifice part of who we are, who we wanted to be, to be with that person. And I think being selfless, being able to being able to sacrifice for them and not just having them sacrifice themselves for you. I guess that would be be my biggest advice. I know it was something that that I that I dealt with in my last relationship. Cause when we did have those conversations, it was both like, well I have this plan and it was like, well she has this plan and we didn't work to kind of make those things work. We both just had our own plan. And I think by the end we realized 
neither of us were willing to sacrifice ourselves for them and it was never going to work. But, uh, I don't know. Any other advice that you guys have that's like, man, this is something that worked really well for me or even maybe like red flags for people to watch out. Like this was something that didn't work for me. This is something that I would recommend that you try to avoid that if you do this, it's not going to work because I know, I know we've been, you know, we've gone through breakups. We've been through poor relationships. Like obviously we've got some kind of negative, some, some traps for people to avoid. Yeah, I got some pretty good stuff actually. De- the one thing I would say is don't constantly try to make the other person happy. It's honestly, it shows more character if you can work with them through the bad times, the good and everything in between and be in all of those situations with that other person. Don't always just try to make them happy. That's something they kind of have to find on their, on their own. And when bad stuff goes down, you know, it sucks during it, but it's going to be so much better. And you're going to have such a much, a much deeper connection with that person afterwards. Yeah. I really like that. That's something I've, experience too right like because if you become their reliance of happiness or even the other way if they become your reliance of happiness it's not going to work because you're putting so much burden on that other person you're putting so much on them to make to please you that it's going to make them want to run away i like that that's really good tyler do you you have anything any pitfalls i mean obviously you're in like the perfect relationship so (laughs) it's it's tough to yeah i don't red flags are hard i guess i don't know um just know know what you want and if something arises that you know what you hold strongly right the values you hold strongly and if something happens where it doesn't align with something that you hold strongly like that's a red flag absolutely the other i guess the other thing i will say about red flags too is Every situation is different. Yeah. Um, and it might be worth your time to try and understand, like, instead of just seeing a red flag and running away right away, try and at least understand and maybe get a deeper understanding because maybe it's just a false alarm. Yeah. You know, not, not all not all flags are red, right? Yeah. I think, and I think that's where I know people in my life who. They say, oh, I'm just, like, scared of commitment. My last relationship messed me up, so I see one thing and I run away. The reality is no one's going to be perfect. Like, Prince Charming, or in our case, I guess, like, Princess Charming? What's Is there a Princess Cinderella? I don't know. The perfect woman isn't going to exist. There are going to be flaws. If you're waiting forever for perfection, you're wasting your own time because it's not going to happen. So... I think you have to understand what flaws are you willing to deal with and what flaws are things that you said, know your values, what's a red flag and what's like a yellow flag. And then what's a green flag? Like what's something that's like, Oh, that's not exactly what I want, but I can deal with it. Right? Like maybe you're really into blondes and she's a brunette. Like that should be something that's easy to overcome. Maybe she chews really loudly. Like that's something that you should be able to overcome. But like, Oh, she likes to go to parties and sleep with other dudes. Like that's a red flag. Like that is that's a black flag. That is a get out right now. Yeah. Uh, and I I think even on top of that, some advice I w- I would have is just under. It's almost the other way of like instead of kind of look into the flags and make sure it's red. Is when a red flag appears, listen to it. I know for me, in the relation, I I am such a an optimist when it comes to my relationships. Like if I am committing to you, I will fight tooth and nail to make it work until you leave me like that's just my <laughs> mindset like i'm just i'm not a quitter i don't want to quit i don't want to give up and i especially don't want to give up on people and there were red flags in both of the last relationships i were in that told me like okay this probably isn't going to work between us but instead of just listening to those red flags and being able to kind of talk it out or figure it out i tried to just fix it I just tried to paint the red flag green and hope that it wouldn't be red anymore, but it's still red underneath. Like that's how it works. And that's the, that's the problem, right? Is if they're, let's say you met someone and then you find out that they're super big into partying and you're not, that could be a, that's could be a breaking point. Like that could be a red flag because you don't want to party and they do. Right. And you get into this awkward situation where, you're constantly trying to convince them, like, no, like, don't go to the party. Like, stay here with me. I just want to hang out with you. But then they're not happy because they're like, no, I'm just here to live and party it up, right? Because you can't 
you can't change people to that extent, right? No. I mean, one one story that always pops into my head when we start talking about red, yellow, and green flags is I had a substitute teacher in middle school who every time she came and taught, she told us the exact same story about her and her husband, and when they first got married, she couldn't stand the fact that he squeezed his toothpaste, and okay. she rolled it up. Okay. Right? Obviously, that's a a yellow flag, something that you can overcome, right? Right. But it's just, it's just funny. Like, they worked it out, and maybe, I don't know if she started squeezing or he started rolling, but... Or they both get their own toothpaste. <laughs> or they both right? get their own yeah. toothpaste, but... Gotta be creative. If it's something where it's a complete difference, like, I want to party all the time, and I never want to party, you're not going to change that person. Yeah, Like, absolutely. that's not going to happen, and you got to deal with that and if you're not willing to if, if both of you aren't willing to make that sacrifice then it's not going to work and i know for me in my last relationship like the the biggest red flag that i should have listened to i think the one glaring red flag that just wasn't going to make it work ever was i remember at one point we were talking about it i was talking about how i wanted to go to church and see you know she was I was pestering her about it, like, hey, come on, we should go to church, we should go to church, and she was finally just like, no, like, I don't like it, I don't want to. And for me, that was a red flag that when she said that, I should have just said, okay, this isn't going to work, because that's, like, such a core value of who I am, like, that's such a core part of my identity, like, I go to church, like, I enjoy going to church, I feel like it makes me a better and more whole person, and whoever I'm with, that's something I want to be able to share with them. And I know for in that relationship, that's kind of for me what made it just not that that's a red flag I should have listened to. And I, I don't know. Are there have you any had any experiences, Brad, with red flags in relationships that you maybe should have listened to or you just didn't even notice until it was too late? Like, you know, it's a lot of times it's easy to look back and see red flags. But were there ones in the moment that you're like, oh, man, that's not ideal. Definitely. Uh, the girl I was talking about before the second girl. Um, she did not want to take my last name. And that was something I was very firm on, something that's part of my values, definitely something I want to happen at some point in my life. And she just told me it wasn't going to happen. She'd be down to hyphenate, whatnot. And at this point, I wasn't really sure exactly, is this a yellow flag or is this a red flag? I wasn't sure. It was my second relationship after my first one that went a year and a month. And I just didn't know how to think about it. Um, definitely should have been a red flag in that moment. But it ended up being a yellow for me, and I tried to work things out because right. I believe that's what I should do in this moment. I'm not sure how or what the best strategy is for making this work, and I should have just realized that it didn't need to. Yeah, I should have asked myself, why does this need to happen? And, and I know you and I are so similar in that sense of like we will make red flags, yellow flags. Like we'll try to make something that is a deal breaker, like not a deal breaker. We'll either try to fix it. Like for me, I always just try to fix it, right? Like that last relationship when she said, oh, like I just don't like going to church. In my mind, I was like, she doesn't like going to church now, but I'll get her to like church. And I, I know, you know, having talked with you, Brad, I feel like you're more so of just like the, oh, well, we'll figure out a, like a, a middle ground, right? Or like I'll figure out a way how to deal with it, right? Like you kind of put the onus on you more. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, and uh, but it's it's something that, you just, you have to realize when to, to get out. Cause at the end of the day, like, you know, we're all about being able to be the best version of ourselves. And that's what a good relationship should do. It should allow you to be the best version of yourself. And even that extra, that other person should push you to be a better version of yourself. And if there is something that just goes against who you are at the core being of just, this is who I am. This is what I value then there's no reason to be in that relation. There's no reason to force that relationship because it's not going to help you be the person you want to be in the best version of yourself. Um, it's something that I've definitely thought about a lot as I've been single now for an extended period of time. And, you know, I've, I've kind of taken some time away from, from women in relationships, which is so ironic considering we're in this series on relationships. I've, <laughs> I've spent a lot of time just not thinking about relationships and just trying to be able to to build myself and be the best version of myself. Not to say I'm not opposed. If you're an attractive young lady out there who loves Jesus, come hit me up, slide in the DMs, and we can hang out. <laughs> <laughs> great plug. Yeah, great, great plug. I need to get, like, a Christian Mingle account. 
There but you go. I looked it up. It's like 30 bucks a month. Really? It's super expensive. They don't have a free trial? They probably do. But seven days. I feel find like someone. Seven I feel. Days. I feel like that's just weird, man. Then we can have a podcast on how Nathan found an attractive young lady who loves Jesus in seven days. Yeah, it, we can make a movie about it. It'll be like how to lose a guy in, in ten days, except how to get a girl in seven <laughs> because she's attractive and loves Jesus. <laughs> uh, that does bring up kind of an interesting point. Is and I guess this this isn't as much dating. I just want to get your thoughts on this real quick. Is like dating apps and stuff like that. Is that something that you feel like you can find like a long term happy relationship through a Tinder, a Bumble, a Grinder, whatever it may be? I've seen relationships last a decent amount. Right, like marriage. Of, don't think I've ever seen don't marriage. <laughs> no, not um, marriage. But I, I I don't know a whole lot of people who have hooked up long term from Tinder yeah. or one of those other apps in general. So That's fair. What about what about you, Brad? Nathan, you and I actually know a guy who his relationship didn't work out on Tinder most recently. They met, got engaged. We were actually supposed to be groomsmen for the wedding and Oh, that's right. Yeah. And, and they didn't make it. Yeah. Um, not to say that happens every single time, but it I don't see a huge possibility. There's definitely the possibility. I just don't see it as very likely to find that person. Unless it's just, you know. Yeah. And I, I here's where I was at. I've, uh, you know, I've had experience with, with dating apps and people who have used dating apps. And I think the inherent flaw with it is if you're on a dating app, it means that you are searching for someone. And whenever you're in the, in the zone of searching for someone, that's time that you're not spent focusing on building yourself and, and just being the best version of yourself, right? Like... To me, the inherent, like, to, to get on a Tinder and say, like, I'm going to try to find somebody to date is essentially saying, I am so content with who I am right now that I'm pretty much, like, perfectly happy with who I am. And that's something, especially in the last few months, that I've just realized, like, I don't think you can make a relationship work if you think you're already as good as you can be, right? Like, you always have room to improve. And if you have room to improve, you should spend that time that you're searching for a girlfriend on Tinder just trying to improve yourself. And then I feel like when you're in the process of trying to be the best, happiest version of yourself is a lot of times where you'll find a happy relationship that works it's, for you. It's when something just comes that you weren't expecting, right? I mean, that's kind of the... You ask your parents, like, how they met, and it seems to always be something cute. Like, oh, you know, we saw each other in the supermarket right. and we just kept running into each other and it was meant to be, it right? It was cooking class. It's just, and, yeah. there's just something so much more sweet and so much more, it almost gives you that feeling like, wow, like they were meant to be. Like the, the world brought them together at this, at this specific time versus, yeah, I liked their picture on Tinder and I swiped whichever way you swipe when you like them and we messaged and now we're we've been dating forever and are married or something. You know that's just not it's not as cute. It's not as fulfilling. It's definitely not as cute, and I just think it's not. I just don't think it's super sustainable. I just I I I know for me the best relationship I ever had. I was at a point where I had completely taken off my mind of dating. Right, Tyler, you can attest to this. My freshman year of college was a mess when it came to women. It was <laughs> yeah. I was getting rejected and turned down and dumped around every single corner. And it, there was just constantly, constantly just like women on my mind. Like, okay, how can I get in a relationship? Like I need to be dating someone. And it was once I'd finally become content with that part of my life and just started to focus on, you know, I was the president of the crowd at that point. I was really spending time focusing on that. We had moved in together and I was just focusing on, on being, you know, the best friend and best roommate I could possibly be that this woman walked into my life and we ended up having a long, happy relationship that, I mean, it didn't end up working out, but it was by far the, the healthiest relationship that I've had up to this point. And so, um, that's kind of the boat I'm in now again, is just, uh, going out, praying every night that God brings me a beautiful, loving woman. Uh, but then just acting every day, trying to become a better version of myself. And I don't know. I feel like that's a, it's a good place to start. It's going to set you up for a happy relationship. Are there any other points that you guys have that you want to talk about just in terms of relationships and, I guess, advice to the guys out there as a whole? Just anything on it that you're feeling? You feel pretty Stop texting them. Just talk to them in person because texting is going to blow up. That's another thing with the social or the uh, like t apps like Tinder and whatnot. Um, 
the first impression that you see of that person is pictures, still pictures, and text. Mm -hmm. And then you have to let them or you have to respond to them and say, like, something clever to make them like you. And they've already gathered that first impression of you. So when you come out and you be your actual self and you go on that first date, you may be different, and that's where a lot of conflicts come in. That's a great point. Um, My advice would be be a gentleman. Yeah. I mean... Do the do the nice things. Do the things guys are supposed to do. You know, open the door for her. Go to her door and ring the doorbell or whatever. You know, right. just just do those little things that are like you kind of have to go out of your way a little bit, but just be a gentleman and and I think that that says a lot about who you are as as a as a man. Yeah, and I think my biggest advice is just rem- remember what matters. Right, hold your core values and then just. The, the reason you're together is because you make each other happy. And the second that you start overthinking it and start doing things that you feel like you need to do, quote unquote, you know, those things that I should do this, we should be that. We've been dating for three months and she hasn't said I love you yet, blah, 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 blah whatever it may be. You're with each other to be happy. You're with each other because you make her happier, she makes you happier. Focus on that and that's where you're really going to set yourself up for a longer, happier Wait, did I just get really quiet? I look at my levels. Why did they go down so much? Testing. Hello? Hello? Wow. I think my mic just died on me. <laughs> okay. Well we can we can cut this out. Wow, that was really really weird. Okay. Um yeah, we'll cut all this out. But I don't know what got in and what didn't. Anyways, I don't know. We can amp it up. We can amp it up. Yeah, we'll figure it. We'll we'll figure it out. Uh, I don't know. Anything else, guys? Good to no, wrap up. I, yeah, I think we're good. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode, part three on our series on relationships. Uh, we didn't get into as much of just the particulars to guys as much as it was, I think, just in general, but. It was, at the end of the day, I think really good, really healthy advice to set yourself up for a happy relationship. If you just started dating someone, if you're going through a rough pass, patch in your relationship, show this to a friend or someone that you know that might be going through those circumstances, and hopefully it helps them out. You know, We want everyone to be happy and be the best version of themselves, and hopefully you can find someone who helps you be happy and the best version of yourself. If you haven't already, make sure to check out all of our other podcasts that we have. We've got Game of Thrones content up going every week we've got one more episode actually that's it one more episode and then game of thrones is done it's wild and then we've got our monday messages we've been doing and uh really looking forward to the future of this podcast and we appreciate you guys being a fantastic audience and supporting us all along the way thank you very much have a great day have a great weekend love you all bye-bye